Blind is the man crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. He prays with the body alone and not yet with spiritual knowledge. When the man once blind received his sight and saw the Lord, he acknowledged him no longer as son of David, but as son of God and worshiped him. Yeah. We can see that we put it together because we see that it's, it's somehow those two texts are connected. And uh, it's good if we think about to those two texts together because they tell us something about one spiritual law which is uh, which we have to we can respect or to to keep in mind he says that about first uh, the 13 he says that that person this blind man he was praying with his body alone and not with spiritual knowledge So this blind man, he is from Mark, that he used his natural faculties, wisdom, conscience, knowledge which came to him through <coughs> listening people. He heard about Christ, as a, maybe he heard of him like prophet or holy man who did a lot of good things, a lot of good deeds, and made a lot of miracles. And this was enough for him to call and to uh, upon him and to ask for help when Christ came to his presence. And this is something what is very encouraging to hear when we come to when he grabs it because we can see that even not perfect knowledge is not barrier for God to act. That, that many times, uh, well, we are amazed how some people who probably don't have so much knowledge about God, how their prayers are answered. Even they, they are not perfect in their knowledge or a knowledge of Christ. But this is something what is like in a spiritual life, like this first step. At first, we don't know. And again, Mark, uh, uh, St. Mark, he wants us to teach us that there is like those, there are those steps in spiritual life. We all start with this not perfect knowledge and we continue. So let's see, the second thing is that when he was healed, so he started, uh, he, he, he started to call Christ Son of God and he was worshiping him. So through in these words we can see that change, the miracle didn't make change only in his body, that healing of eyes that he started to see, but there was like deeper healing, deep healing in the soul. And he now was able to see clearly and he recognized Christ as a God, Son of God. 
And this is like another step in spiritual life. And this knowledge, it was not that Christ taught him something. In this process, he was healed and suddenly he gained this knowledge. And, and this is what God does, this, this knowledge which comes from above, what is not, doesn't depend on our intellectual um, faculty. There is something what comes when we enter with faith, even not perfect, to this presence of God, and we call upon Him, and He answers. And now this physical miracle was uh, one of the signs we got, and but the real miracle was that He, His eyes or eyes of His soul were open for reality. And this, this is very important uh, to keep in mind. And uh, when I was reading this, or preparing for that, I was thinking about, uh, I recall we had, um, uh, in our second parish, there was like, there were like two parts of the township uh, where gypsies lived. One part were gypsies who wanted to follow like life of people in, white people I would say this, you know, without made this year. And the second part was that they followed their way of life. And it was really um, not not really pleasant life for them yes but well like i don't want to talk about this big problem but there were like those two types it's they have the problems say and uh, they cause now a lot of problems but well all those zips they knew one thing that all of them they wanted to baptize their children even they were not coming to the church but baptism had to be. And uh, when I came there, I realized that there is like, okay, only baptism, nothing else. I said, well, we cannot do it this way. And so and there was like a lot of preparation. And we had <coughs> in one Sunday a lot of first communions, confessions, communions, confirmations, if there was somebody, evil weddings. I said, now, no, just you need. <laughs> they were coming for during this time of preparation, then they stopped. It's, well, you cannot. Some of them they were coming all the time, but not all of them. And uh, this was like, always like difficult for me. But, but what to do if they asked? And, and you see this, like, really naive faith. I said, I can, I, not, I did what I could, I, I am not able to change, at least this might be, this might be like way, maybe this grace of baptism will move this community, some of us open doors. But well, they, they had, but I had condition that you have to have good godparents. 
somebody who comes to church who prays and everything. So one lady, old lady, very good lady, she became like slowly. Bless you. Godmother to like a lot of a lot of uh, uh, these gypsies, a lot of. So she accepted first, and then automatically the old aid came to to them. And she told me, "Well, it's okay. I I have time. I can pray for them, for these God children. They need that." And uh, I remember whenever when we were talking about that, she said, "Look, well, they are praying to God in their way. That well, they are not like." without God or they ignore God. Just they just cannot they cannot live their way of life. And but she said, but I know because I talk to them and but they are praying. And I was thinking when I was reading that I recalled that and well if they are praying like and for sure, there are. They have this aspect of religious, uh, this spirituality in them. Some kind of very naive, very primitive. But, but I thought, if they are calling like like this blind man with like whole heart, who knows how God is going to accept this? Who knows that maybe in, in their children there will be this miracle, and they will be able to receive this knowledge from above which pushed them to make real changes. But there are, there are like prisoners of their way of life, which, which it's not like temporal, it's like for a century. You know. So it, is, it, is, it gives us hope that we can, uh, if he's meeting with people who probably are not able, able to somehow grabs this knowledge about God. There may be they heard something about him, something about Christ. So if we encourage them, just ask God to help you. Ask him. Ask for a miracle. And maybe with this miracle there will be this touch of God's grace which will heal their souls too. Because many times we we are in temptation to dismiss those who uh, they are somehow ignorant, and it seems to us that they don't want to change, even if we give good arguments, even if we invite them. Maybe they are not ready yet for that. Maybe there are they need this miracle, but. What we can do instead of breaking stick over them you know, is uh, to give them chance to to encourage them and at least pray and ask God. Just yes. out of curiosity, what did they think they were gaining by the baptism? I mean, what was their intent there? Heaven. They knew that. They had this clear knowledge that that uh, you cannot have eternal life without baptism. 
but well, they, they took this knowledge like in some kind of superficial mm-hmm. way. It was more superstition than yes. Yeah, it was more of a superstition. Yes, yes. But still, uh, it's uh, actually this big problem now in Slovakia. There, there, there now we have, especially in east of Slovakia, you can find a lot of ghettos there, mm-hmm. and they keep. They don't want to adjust, you know, and uh, um, I think that even like this uh, government doesn't create like programs for them, but the other hand, the common question is that if there is a young gypsy ladies, she comes to government office and she asks how many children I need not to work. You know, so, uh, so uh, they are smart in these things. They know these laws very well. And laws are built in somehow to protect minority and advantage, and they are just using that. And now we are, this generation, are, this population is growing very fast, and, and, uh, but poor children that are neglected, and uh, there, will be, there will be big problems there. But um, oh. can we continue, or there is something? That okay. Do not grow conceited if you shed tears when you pray, for it is Christ who has touched your eyes and given you spiritual sight. Yeah. This is interesting. Again, it he touches. Um, what he what he has on his mind in this text is this gift of tears. We were talking about that when we were talking about Briancian, you know. Uh, Briancian was like one whole chapter was about tears, if I remember well. And uh, this gift of tears is um, always like understood like in um, connection with repentance and prayer. And uh, this gift is some some people they when they saw this gift so they were like yearning for this gift because uh, uh, um, it was like buffing making them like, okay, it's like badge of honor or some kind of reward, this gift of, gift of tears. But, um, and because of that, they lost that. And, um, and uh, so this is why, why St. Mark, he says, well, pay attention. May it doesn't bring you to pride, this gift. But, uh, uh, it should bring you more like to gratitude and to uh, because because in this gift through this gift we can recognize God's love and God's mercy upon us and uh, again just to remind ourselves what is this gift of tears uh, when we are doing our spiritual work 
and and we f- we want to grow uh, in allow in virtues uh, this this gift of tears come at the point when uh, our miss our our mind is uh, uh, is living prison of this world I, uh, Saint Isaac says this it means that okay if we go through steps of spiritual life we were talking about that like first this in the first chapter in Brianchino was how to follow Christ and what we heard there the, that we have to really say no to world we have to say no to all these ties which connects us with this world we have to uh, remove all these ties which uh, serve for us to please our passions we have to remove all these ties which are connected with with some kind of our comfortable life or um, or uh, some kind of we, we are connected with following reaching goals of this of this life present, present world and if if we compare ourselves to that balloon which is tied to her and we cut all these ropes the balloon starts to go up to higher levels and when we are freed from this all these detachments attachments so then and and because of repentance because we want to be holy then god usually gives this gift of tears which should us should they are starting like this gift of gifts is something what make this progress in spiritual life this process of purification very fast that is like acceleration and with that is connected that this mind starts to have understanding of this other world invisible world it's something that we cannot describe but we can we can somehow feel that this this knowledge from above that we somehow have like this foretaste of eternal life we cannot describe that we cannot gain this like from the from through our intellectual like activity and uh, um, some uh, saints they say that this is like we are like babies at that moment who were born like we have to imagine you know, who are born to this new like reign realm of invisible world because we got freed from world and because of babies we start to cry as babies crying and and this cry many times is that as a baby uh, through crying asks for food 
So this outcrying is um, is something what pushes what how we demand more the spiritual food to grow fast. But Osana's experience, he says that in the beginning these tears are bitter because in this understanding of this new world and this new vision we have, suddenly we see like how our weaknesses are horrible, how how they are offending God. And because of that this our crying is bitter and almost like painful. But as in the measure how we grow in spiritual life, in this cleansing process, so then these these tears are changing. This they are starting to be bitter, they are start, they are starting to be more and more like sweeter, sweet. It means bringing pleasure. And um, when we read uh, these lives of these Hesychasts, these holy monks who spend like in solitude and silence and non-stop prayer, um, their lives, there are many times you can hear or can read that uh, their disciples, when they said that, that, that these elders they had after night, after vigil in night, morning, the place they were standing were, was muddy. Their tears during night caused that, that this place where they were standing, this, this ground, was so soaked with tears, they became mud. But many times those are not tears in their cases, who were tears, these bitter tears were already tears of joy. All right, I think that's enough about this. I I, I like this um, this gift, but I don't like that I cannot explain it. Well, even I try, but it's difficult. All right, sixteen. He who, like the blind man, casts away his garment and draws near to the Lord, becomes his disciple and a preacher of true doctrine. Yeah. Those like short sayings are so powerful. So like this one is another like piece to this fundament uh, of our spiritual life, and this. Uh, saying or this text tells us about one aspect of following Christ or aspect which should be <coughs> present in our life. Look, we have to, uh, what he says, he says about, he touches the detail what this blind man did when Christ called him to come to him. He stood up, he put away his coat, and uh, he, he went to Christ. And, and it means that, well, 
so so he acted immediately. So there was no hesitation. When he heard that Christ is calling him, he immediately stood up and he followed Christ. So this one sign, and uh, it's it, the sign is connected with this moving away, putting away his coat, because this is very important detail. When these beggars, they were begging, so that their coat is in front of them, and people were putting like money to that coat. So it means when he stood up and he threw away that coat, threw away all this money he gained this day. He didn't care about these alms he received, probably which would give him food for the day. He didn't care about that. He really threw away like everything what he had. And he went to Christ somehow with, uh, with um, this idea that, well, if this holy man is calling me, I'm going to probably get more than I had in this cult. And he was right. And he received a big gift. And this is something what should be in our way how we follow Christ. That this when we are touched touched by God's grace and this God's grace reveals something to us so then we should act immediately and not looking at the things probably we are losing through this following through this reaction at the time and uh, this is the way how we are making progress. So Isaac, Isaac Syrian, he says about people that who many, who so many people were touched by some this God's calling, this, this impulse from God, but many start to hesitate. Hesitation comes to their lives. And he says, those people will be found always at the doors of their houses. It means that they will never cross, go through the door. They will never start the journey. They will be always found at the door, knowing that I am supposed to go on journey, but hesitation stops them. And uh, this is very important to very important to not only wait for the moment when it is like very intensive, um, a very intensive like touch and some kind of push to do this, uh, but to use even these small uh, impulses which are coming during day, through which we are called to somehow make steps which would lead us towards Christ or to make to start some kind of journey it 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 uh, well I, I can't find like some kind of example but I, I know that probably you understand me 
What I mean. No? Of course. Good. <laughs> Relief. <laughs> and, and look, it is like when we read these texts, uh, we are not hearing anything new. You know, what is new in this? If we are thinking about this text of St. Mark, that we have to be somehow ready and prepared and willing to follow immediately the Christ calling. How many times have we heard this in our life? The churches through books and everything, and, and we never said, no, no, this is not true. We accepted that. But what we can say is that uh, we didn't put it to practice many times. Maybe some of them, those columns, but many probably not. Or maybe just a little bit. Or just a little bit on things we chose, which were pleasing to us, which were easy for us. Now, not all these, you know, um, but isn't this just like you know, St. Paul talks about putting away the old man? Sure. And the new man is there. Sure. And then you put on the armor. Sure. Which is so, but, a new cloak. Yeah, but you know? why, why we are not doing that? I don't know, I had to do the dishes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no. You know, I think that what happened is that I'm, I'm just asking this question not to criticize because it, uh, I think that we all we have this difficulty, and uh, I would like to point to something what we have to realize and to keep in mind, and it will help us to make these decisions that. Look, we are, we are really infected, and there's a influ huge influence of community around us. I'm now I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, um, world. I'm talking about Christian community. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, we're in the middle of it here. No, we are. We're yes. Swimming in it. No, we are like, uh, probably I mentioned this, this case when this priest was on prison preparing this for, for um, adult men for um, baptism. He was very happy. He was preparing, the, he was very good and everything, on fire, everything. And he told to his brother priest, he said, well, I am so happy because this young man is great. But he says, but I'm so sorry, because then if he starts to be part of our parish, our parish will kill that fire. And he, he was just realistic. He didn't say that uh, actually he loved people there, so it was not like criticism, it was just the reality. That in these Christian communities, somehow we go with this stream, and and many times we adjust 
how things are understood or lived around us. You know? And and it is difficult to go more radical because you start to be like a black sheep in in a place you consider home. Does it make sense? Yeah. So so what we what and this influence because we we were not we generation before us became like they they came to some kind of status quo, this is the way how we live our Christian life. So they heard something, but they said, Well, this is for monks or whatever. But well we, we live this and this is correct way because this is how our parents lived and everything. So it's it's even not bad intention there. It's it's just look when I was uh, we were together in school um, from elementary school. So first four years we spent in one school, and um, it was a very small school. And I was in my class. She was in different class. My class, I was the best one, and so I didn't need to learn or study a lot of. I was the best. And, with little effort. Then we, from fifth class, fifth class uh, up to grade. eight, grade up to eight, so we went to calls by township for that. And it was like horrible for me because suddenly I was not first one. Mm. You know, I, actually there were many better. And I realized, okay, I now I need to work hard. And I think the same thing is in a, in a, these are Christian environments where we are. The main times we are in an environment which, in which we can do little for spiritual life, and we are like stars there. But we come to different environments. Suddenly we see, okay, I'm so behind in our spiritual life. There are many who are more advanced in spiritual life. <coughs> so why I'm saying that is that we have to realize that there is this influence. Influence of community, Christian communities, when, where we are. And they have impact on us, how we live spiritual life. Because there is like tendency to adjust to that level and even if I do a little bit more, I'm satisfied while I'm ahead. And uh, it's difficult to change this. It is like to change like way how family lives, to change ways, uh, style of life, family, it's difficult. So it's the same, it's difficult to stay, is to change style of life, form of life of whole parish. It's a long process, a slow process. And, but we have to realize that this is the reality. And that we are those who, through like putting effort for in our personal life, through this we are raising whole community up. 
and this should be our, our responsibility. Lana? someone with like a very high work ethic goes into a job where everyone there has a low work ethic that they'll like slowly slow down on how how hard they want to work and how much they want to push themselves because everyone else around them works sure. slow. Yeah. Sure. Well don't please don't take this as a criticism or something like that. It is just reality. And and we can we can see that. Know that uh, uh, I know a, a priest who was transferred, my friend, and uh, he was first priest. His first five years were in one parish, where there were a lot of good formation before, and so he could start to build on this formation. And um, after two years, they started like uh, meetings, formation meetings with used and with uh, married couples and and it was growing nicely and then he was transferred to another parish and uh, it, it didn't take him long when he realized that well he has nothing to build on so he said well he, uh, he said well I could I could just do maintenance there to solve the and everything but uh, he was so frustrated for one year almost that he couldn't. Was that, how can I change it? And then he slowly started, like to give slowly changes, small steps, uh, and and uh, parish started to grow. So this is like like uh, um, one advice that we should always have in our spiritual life some kind of challenge that if we are satisfied, if there is nothing we are fighting with in our spiritual life, so it's not good for us. We have to always have some kind of tension in us that we are fighting for. I, it's not my wisdom, but I heard what I heard is that if you don't, if you are asked what is your biggest like struggle today where you're fighting with you should know to name it you know that because it means that you are in the war you know your enemy but if you can if you don't know if you name that you don't can point that I'm trying to conquer this person or this person so it means they're doing nothing uh, you are not in war you are just hiding somewhere, pretending that everything is okay. And if we learn to have this, uh, this to, to be in, uh, or, or we accept this invitation to that war, to this fight, to, to challenge ourselves all the time, this is not only something that helps our spiritual life. It uh, even and, and it's uh, but it is helping to um, to life of many around us. And uh, I don't know several meetings ago during my men's group meeting. There was we had a visitor who was there, and um, he was not saying anything. 
but he was just listening what those men were discussing. And um, uh, what I heard then that he told that it was exactly what he needed. Suddenly he realized that, okay, his eyes were somehow open and he, he started to see this man that, well, they are fighting, they have these struggles and they want something more. And he said that this was some like eyes open for him. And, and it, was, it was nothing special there. It just, there was a like reflection. I, I do not remember what kind of thing it was. And we just talked about this reflection, about those, you know, and shared something, and maybe some, we asked for some qualifications. And, but, but this involvement, that uh, this activity of men who were in this discussion, and they were searching help for themselves was huge, had huge impact on their guest. And the same thing is, you know, you cannot hide your spiritual life. If you are living your spiritual life and trying, it is like good perfume, you know, you are wearing on yourself. And uh, Yeah, and it is a reminder, uh, uh, reminder of other than how I should probably have some kind of perfume too. Um, it was not the best <laughs> example. <laughs> I'm sorry, this just came to my mind, you know. But you know what I mean. Do you have a spiritual advisor? I suppose, don't you? We have saints. Well, I mean, you have a... Someone like the bishop, maybe, that you answer to, or do you just deal well, with the saints on the written word? If I have spiritual advisor? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I would think you did. Yeah. You need. Not one. You have a, you have a lot on your shoulders. You should have Not, not really. You're not retired <laughs> like us. You know. Not really, you know. I just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, when someone goes into psychology or psychiatry, they have to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist themselves in order to stay, so that they don't get wrapped up in the things that are going on. You know that they're not triggered and things like that. So even in the secular world, they realize the importance yeah. of, of that kind of guidance. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know. This um, look. One thing is that uh, if we perfect, if bishop is this kind of spiritual father, but if you ask them, none of them will accept that. Okay. You know, and the the thing is like if you have a rector of seminary. And so you have a rector, you have a vice rector, you have spiritual spiritual father there. A rector is never making uh, hearing confessions of seminarians because a rector has to make uh, to give 
report to bishop recommendation or not. Now, through confession, you can know a lot of things. And then how, how can you, like, disconnect to give good report? The internal external Yes, so it is mixed. And this is why bishops, they do, because they have to deal with you and, and know, like, in they have to discipline you. And yes, so, they, so this would be difficult, yeah. you know. For example, because I would be probably the first one who would abuse that. Because well, if I would make a problem, I would go immediately to Bishop and I would confess in confession, Bishop, I did that, I'm very sorry. Now we can't do anything. So he would give me absolution, then he would, his hands would be tied. He would not, <laughs> probably he would like, uh, like to explode, but he would not able to act and to punish me, you know, and anything. Priests are very smart, you know, so give them like, <laughs> like this advice is, because we know this like <laughs> ways out. <laughs> well, you tell us that uh, we should not make our spiritual director our friend. So you, sure. You kind of get yourself out of the line of responsibility that way. Right? Well, one thing is that uh, special fathers should have this some kind of like healthy distance, you know, because if you are involved too much, you know, somehow there is like disconnection is there. So it ties your hands or, or my hands ability to, to give advice. So it's it's tough because sometimes you um, look. Sometimes how many times priests even like say, let's say that uh, you are going to invite me for 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 visit for supper or whatever you know, and uh, sometimes I I might say no. Not because I don't, actually I would enjoy that, you know, very much. But if I have feeling that it might be this step towards some kind of closer relationship, so I know that, okay, it would be pleasure for me, but it would make me, it would eliminate a little bit my ability to be for your spiritual father within this like parish. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, regarding the spiritual father, is the spiritual father that we should have, is that by necessity also our confessor? No. Should no. it be? It should not be. Well, it is practical. If it, it is very practical if it is. But, uh, okay, if we, this is a problem that, uh, okay, pastor of the parish through assignment of bishop and through receiving this power of bishop over this assignment, you know, because bishop shares his spiritual power, if I say this, with those who 
these priests who are assigned to some kind of area. So within this this uh, with this limitation, how to put that? Uh, I, 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 the grace is here for me to use that to serve to people. Does it make sense? From the bishop. Yes. So, so, from that, from that way, it's it's really that I even I am not there as a real as real spiritual father should be. So this grace, I can uh, I can help, you know, in some limits. So this is like role of priest, and then spiritual father is something different. It would be great if it is connected with priest, you know, in one. Spiritual father is, uh, especially this East, makes this distinction very, very, uh, very seriously that it is person who was who who went through purification and was enlightened. It means that he conquered passions in his life and is like higher level. I don't want to go to to describe those those levels. Um, since. I think it was Saint Simeon, the new theologian, he says that priest, the only dead one who reached this level can be ordained. You know, it's not, and, and for bishops, he has another like level. We would be without bishops probably at <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, but this is my observation. And we'll be without priests too, you know, if we but, follow. But meantime, we need spiritual okay. direction from whatever spiritual father. Yes. Now, now, you can tell, okay, where I can find the spiritual fathers? It's difficult to find. There was one. Uh, one monk came from one Athos to here to America, and he gave several talks, and there were discussions. And in one discussion, uh, that in this question, one question was, why don't we have uh, these great spiritual fathers, you know, these holy elders? And he, his answer was, where there is no disciples, there is no elders. Okay. You know, so even like this spiritual fatherhood is not something you can gain by, uh, yes, yes, there is an effort, but still it is gift from God. And, uh, but it has to really, we have to mature. And now, now Saint Paisie Velchkowski, who translated Philokalia to these languages, Slavic languages, he got a letter from one priest. He, the priest was in parish close to Moscow, so it means that he lived in an environment where there were many priests around. And this priest asks Saint Paisie that, well, 
I have big problem to find spiritual father, you know, and it is like 200 years ago, you know, and priest was, he was complaining that he's not able to find good spiritual father, even he was surrounded with many priests. So it's not our problem only, it was then. And uh, Senpaisi, he answered him and he said, well, this is, uh, this is true, it's difficult. You should always pray to God to give you spiritual father. But the meanwhile, he said, choose one of saints to be your spiritual father and become obedient disciple to that saint. Like for example, old now Saint Mark. So, so it means that if we, ch- but we have to make this like, like movement that okay, Saint Mark ascetic, you know, I am choosing you. I don't have real spiritual father, you know. I'm just father confessor who is dumb, you know. <laughs> but, but so so I'm choosing you to be my spiritual father. And there is, they, they, they say that, well, the saints, they say that if we ask them to be our spiritual fathers, they immediately take this role and they start to pray for us and ask God to give us this wisdom how to go. And through reading their words, we are, we are learning something. We, we know what to do. For example, now we learned that, okay, it, it, we have to be really quick in answer. If there's an impulse from God, so God, you know, so we, have, we should be like that blind man who immediately stood up, threw away everything, even if he was very important that money, who, this, this, this arms, and he went to Christ. So this is what St. Mark is telling us. And, and I, as a disciple, I should start to put it to practice. Obedient. And this is how we now, in these days, we are fed and led by sp- real spiritual fathers. You know? And this is why... Um, um, It's difficult, you know, that uh, even like during confessions, there was something that always I'm asking uh, Christ to give me words of saints, you know, to react on, on problems, not because I cannot trust myself. So it is it is better for me to and and correct if. I, he put me on this position to do this service, so this my words should be coming out from this wisdom of saints, not from my wisdom, because I have no gifts. Does it make sense? But, but anyway, but let's go just back to this. That, that as a conclusion, I would I would like to. Again, stress this that try to be 
active, where if there is like calling this inspiration, you know, to some kind of activity, the one thing and another thing is be aware that even the Christian environment and community uh, can keep us down. So always when when we are we have to see ourselves always that we are not just participants. We are those who are supposed to give something to that community. And we are giving through our growth. If we are challenging ourselves, we are growing, we are raising up everybody in that community, in that parish. Because if I take this this brochure booklet in this point and I'm raising just this point up, I am raising everything. Even there are this point is like below me, you know, long but but it's raising up. And this, this, it should be my responsibility, parish community especially, that I have to know if I am growing, so I'm not growing alone. We are not going to heaven alone. You know, and, uh, and that's it all for today, folks. <laughs>